Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really appreciate having this man back. He is, of course, from uh, District 5, the great state of Arizona. He's the representative, Andy Biggs. Andy, good to see you. Joe, always good to be with you. It's an absolute pleasure. I talked to Kerry Lake a little while ago, and we know Maricopa County in your great state just certified last night. Um, and I think Cho- uh, Cochise County is holding out. They're not going to certify yet. The state hasn't certified the gubernatorial race. Just just from your view, you're from there. What, what are you hearing from people? What's going to happen in this election? Well, it's absolutely total frustration and and confusion, quite frankly. So, so uh, I was hoping that maybe the AG's office would weigh in before the certif- uh, certification vote in Maricopa County to get an injunction because the response by Maricopa County was uh, inadequate to the AG's letter. So the AG is involved, and the AG is doing – uh, their election integrity unit is involved. They're they're concerned. They believe that there's a lot of uh, difficult things to explain. Uh, my guess is they're not happy with the county's uh, explanation any more than anybody else is. Yeah. On yeah. the other and on the other hand, you've got two lawsuits: one by Kerry uh, Lake and one by Abe Hamid, the AG candidate, um, who was within like just a few hundred votes. But they both deal with certain aspects of uh, what's going on. And now that there has been certification in some places, uh, if you're a Maricopa County elector, in other words, you're a voter in Maricopa County, anyone can go in and file a lawsuit to challenge the election for, uh, there's a whole statutory list of reasons. And so it's right now it's a convoluted mess. Uh, And I don't know how it's going to play out. And I don't know that anybody really can tell me how it's going to play out either. Well, it's interesting because the certification happening, as you said, actually does open the door to even more legal action. Before certification, you really couldn't, although you could have, but I don't know that that solves any problem. The whole idea that Katie Hobbs was the Secretary of State and running for the, for the office is exactly what happened with Brian Kemp in Georgia in 2018, where, where you had Obama and Holder and Oprah and everybody else having a fit that Brian Kemp would be the Secretary of State. So he does the right thing and he resigns, ends up beating Stacey Abrams and becomes the governor of the great state of, of, right. of Georgia. Why wasn't that pushed even harder by our side? It almost seems like the establishment Republicans didn't want to jump into this race at all. Why not? Well, you know, we... Arizona, we, we kind of get split within our party a bit, and, and we didn't get enough uh, people to, to jump in. But, but the reality is there was pressure, Joe, in Arizona for Katie Hobbs to, to, uh, to walk away, but she simply refused to do so. I view that as a hole in Arizona's election law that has to be fixed. Is it going to be fixed if Katie Hobbs is the governor? No, because she right. will veto any legislation that would otherwise fix it. But, but the reality is that's a huge hole. Um, that that has been there. But you know what? I don't think anybody ever thought that we would experience a thing where the Secretary of State would uh, keep on in office overseeing an election in which you know it's going to be close and that you're, 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 you're running for an office in that election. So uh, I think that most people just never saw that scenario because you assume that ethically speaking and morally speaking, people would recuse themselves. District 5 Republican, great state of Arizona. It's Andy Biggs. Andy, let's talk about the Speaker of the House. Uh, people didn't know this until I, I told them recently, and this is really in the Constitution if you read it. You don't even have to be in the House of Representatives to be chosen the Speaker of the House. Now, people have talked about Trump being the Speaker or Mark Levin being the Speaker. We've never gone outside the House to get a Speaker, but you can. In this case, it's not going to happen, obviously. And the heir apparent, according to everybody who wants to, to be heard, is, um, is Kevin McCarthy. 
but you, you threw your name in there, and you got some votes, and McCarthy doesn't have the votes. What's going to happen in the House of Representatives? You can't get somebody, and I, I don't know that Kevin McCarthy is this guy, but you can't get a Paul Ryan light. You've got to get somebody in there who's going to act like Nancy Pelosi did. Nancy Pelosi, you and I disagreed with everything she did, but man, yeah. she was effective, very effective. Are, do we have somebody, will it be you, that can be an effective Speaker of the House to do our bidding now? Well, I think so. I mean, that's why I'm staying in the race, Joe, is because I think that, that you, you need somebody who's willing to use every tool that you have in your toolbox to fight. And, and the American people say, well, we don't want that. But we just actually had a pretty close election where Nancy Pelosi has escalated everything to fight. And, and the, the Democrats have weaponized everything they possibly can right. uh, against conservatives and Republicans. And my position is, yeah, I would be, I, I would love nothing more to be conciliatory. I'd love it great to be back with Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill where they fought during the day, but they had dinner together at night. Right. We're not in that stage anymore. Uh, the, the, the Democrats in Congress at that time, they, they were union, pro-labor, pro-United States, anti-illegal uh, immigration yeah. uh, Democrats. Today what you have is radical left Marxist Democrats. And that's who you're fighting. And they're trying to use every tool they can to um, basically emasculate this country, whether it's opening up your border, um, fueling runaway inflation with incredible amounts of federal spending, uh, trying to use identity politics to destroy the country. And I just think that we need somebody in Congress, whether it's me or whether it's somebody else, who is going to stand up as the speaker and say, this is what we're going to do. If we have to fight and use every tool, we'll fight and use every tool. Um, and right now, the Biden administration is demanding that we fight in that way, as is the, are the Democrats on the other side of the aisle. And if we, if we have somebody who wants to basically acquiesce or equivocate, then we will not make any changes and we'll be in great trouble as a nation uh, for many years to come. Well, I'll tell you this, Andy. We had Newt Gingrich and the contract with America, which was very effective, and in fact reined in Bill Clinton and his, and his far-leftness. He became very moderate. We actually were balancing budgets. Now we've got something that the House put out a month or two ago that is nothing compared to the, the contract with America. It's very generic, very general. I don't know what you guys really would or wouldn't do. And this was put out and touted by McCarthy. And I think that's what you're talking about. We don't want somebody who's going to smile and just get along with it everybody. We want you guys to roll up your sleeves and fight like you do, like Chip Roy does, like Matt Gates does, or Marjorie Taylor Greene. We want some fighters in there. Does Do you think McCarthy knows that? And is that why he doesn't have the 218? And, and is that why you still have a chance? Well, I would suggest that's why he doesn't have the 218. Does he know that? I don't know. Okay. I would tell you, Joe, that's why I put out a year ago an America First plan that actually links to pieces of legislation that we would introduce. It actually talks about the tools that we would use against the Biden administration and the Democrats and the left. It actually talks about, uh, at that time, which is quite some time ago, the oversight hearings that we would have to have and the investigations that we would go forward on. I mean, when I talk about equivocating, uh, a month ago, uh, Mr. McCarthy was saying there was nobody in the Biden administration that he felt had done anything to be impeached for. Wow. And then and then uh, post-election, when he doesn't have the big red wave that he thought he was going to have, and he's and he's being challenged uh, by me and my and many of my colleagues, all of a sudden as well, maybe we'll impeach uh, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas. No, there can be no maybes about it. What Alejandro Mayorkas has done is impeachable in every way, shape, and form, 
And if we don't do that, then then we will demonstrate that we are not capable of governing. District 5 Republican, great state of Arizona. It's uh, Representative Andy Biggs. And I would love to see you as the Speaker of the House. I certainly support that for sure. When it comes to Mayorkas, you're talking about 5 million people in two years that have come across the border as he sits in front of you guys in oversight and lies his face off. He is so impeachable. I, I mean, my seven-year-old daughter said, hey, have they impeached that guy yet? Um, but I'm talking about Merrick Garland can be impeached just for the, the yes. Mar-a-Lago raid. Joe Biden can be impeached because of what we know from the Hunter Biden laptop and because of how he left Afghanistan. So, I mean, at the, at the end of the day... Those three should be on a platter for Kevin McCarthy or you or whoever happens to be speaker. Why? And I keep asking you if he knows, and I don't care if he knows. Let me ask you directly. You know that the American people are sick of Mayorkas and, and, the, and the fentanyl coming through and people coming across the border illegally and being handed all this stuff. You, you know that people are sick and tired of Merrick Garland now politicizing the, the Attorney General's office and the Department of Justice. You know that Joe Biden is not fit for that position. The people of America want something done right for them. I mean, that's got to be known through the Republicans now who have a slim majority, no? Well, it, it should be known. I mean, think about it. What, what you said is exactly right. Are we... If we don't hold these people accountable, are we acting in the best interest of the American people? That's the question. I mean, we've got so many things we can do that we have to do. Uh, uh, you, you know, Biden is now going to fund drilling, uh, fund the Venezuelan government by okaying a drilling for oil and gas in Venezuela that we're going to ultimately, as consumers, pay for to this ridiculously totalitarian regime. Uh, and and you just say, how in the world can someone who hates America so much be the president of the United States? And he does. He doesn't like America. And our leadership team, if we're going to change the status quo, you've got to change the leader at the very top. And that's what I'm suggesting very strongly. And you've got to have somebody in there who understands that, that these people must be held accountable. And the way you hold these guys accountable is you have to remove them from office. Right. There are other me- mechanisms to, in place as well that you could, or you can put in place. One's called the Holman Rule. And that's where you defund a, a bureaucrat or an agency uh, specifically. And, and that would mean you'd go to Merrick Garland. Maybe we can't get him removed from office because the Senate won't remove him, but we'll impeach, but they won't convict. So what you say is, guess what? You're not going to get paid anymore. Guess what? Um, Alejandro Mayorkas, you're not going to get paid anymore. Can, can you pe- do that? Can you do that independently in the House? Yes. Nice. Yes, but but it takes leadership. It takes leadership to do that. And and the reality is, I, I'm not seeing that. Um, and I would just challenge you to just go back over the last four years, and um, and just say when is when is our our good friend, who is our current minority leader, who's the nominee to to be the speaker. When did he stand up and use any tool or leverage point? Think of the National Defense Authorization Act. Yes. Uh, that was, they, they needed Republican votes, but instead of, instead of making that a leverage point for us, he turned it into, um, we're gonna, we're not, we didn't even whip no on it. He said, I'm not gonna vote for it, but you know, it's, it's up to you. At some point you gotta whip no and say, this is our leverage point, and we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna say no more women in the military, no more uh, DEI uh, offices, no more Green New Deal taking over the military or wokeness, and no more getting rid of our military personnel that we've spent millions of dollars training who are patriotic, who don't want to get the vaccine. Why didn't we say any of that? 
Why was it just a few members of the Freedom Caucus arguing? And that's really what it was. It was a few few of you, and everybody else just got along with everybody. This is is the point. Uh, You can't just hand it to the guy who's now, look, he's speaking tough now, but I think think you're right. The reason why he's doing that is that the majority is slimmer than he thought it would be, and he needs support from people like you and Chip Roy and the others that I mentioned. And if he doesn't get that support, then then there's going to be trouble. But how does it shake out, Andy? If he doesn't get the 218, if you don't get the 218, what happens then? Well, you, what you do is you end up going through a series of ballots. At some point, at some point, uh, somebody's name will drop off, and somebody else will emerge. And I, I you know, uh, if if I if I can't get the two eighteen, somebody else will get the two eighteen. But the point is, uh, it would be good if now he would say, "I can't get the votes, and I'm gonna I'm gonna drop out of the race for the good of the nation and for the good of the party and the good of the house as an institution." Um, and if he does that, then I guarantee you, then then there'll be people like myself that will get more votes, and there'll be some other people who will get votes. And 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 the reality is, people don't understand this, but the the people on the edges of the party, we actually agree on a whole lot of things. Right. Uh, whether it's building the fence or fixing Title IX so you don't have men invading women's locker rooms and women's sports, to to holding Fauci and and the COVID uh, issue. Uh, uh, get to the bottom of that uh, through investigations and oversight. I mean, these are things that we we all agree on. That, and if we could get through those ten or fifteen items, identify those, and go forward, and still start slowing down the Biden administration's run off the cliff to mark Marxism, well, we would be we'd be successful. And the American people say we trust you, Republicans, and for 2024. So they can give us the presidency again and they can give us the Senate so we can actually uh, emasculate and destroy uh, the enemies. When I say destroy, I mean figuratively, of course, I mean, right. we move to the ash heap of history. Those who wish to destroy this country through a Marxist ideology, which is what the Democrat Party has become. District 5 Republican, great state of uh, Arizona. It's Andy Biggs. Andy, back to the oil drilling for a second. The administration's been lying for a long time. They say there are 9,000 leases that have been issued. That's true, but these are research and development leases. They're not drilling leases. Um, when, when, When these companies try to get drilling leases, the answer is no. Biden, not even a month ago, said no more drilling. I stopped drilling. No more drilling. Yesterday, Kirby is in uh, the press uh, the press office, and he answers a question from somebody from Fox or somebody and says, no, there are 9,000 drilling leases now, and these companies won't use them, so we had to go to Venezuela and let them drill. I mean, they're literally lying to our faces, Andy, and they think that we're stupid. Why would we ever go, as you said, to a totalitarian government where people are eating their own pets just to stay alive, people are waiting in food lines, the, 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 um, the takeover of all private business and industry in that, in that country ruined Venezuela. We're going to go there on hand and knee again, and we're going to beg them to now go drill for oil, and we're lightening sanctions when we've got hundreds of years of fossil fuels underneath us right now. Why would we ever do that? Can the House stop a move like that by the president? The House probably can't stop it singularly except for by doing this. And that's acting through the budget. And so, so Joe, I don't want to get into the weeds too much unless you want to, but I will tell you, there are mechanisms that are in place right now that, are, that make me very nervous. There's an omnibus spending bill that's coming up pretty quickly. And my guess is um, you're going to have some of the senators uh, vote for that. And if that omnibus spending bill passes, guess what? That means that the number one leverage point for Republicans who want to stop that kind of asinine uh, policy uh, – we're going to lose our number one leverage point for the next year because the the budget will already be there, be wow. spent, will already be authorized. 
And that is why people need to understand what happens when you uh, elect people to, to leadership positions who are okay with the status quo. Yeah. And we can't get, we can't do that because, you know, we could fix this. Anwar is ready to, to, to pump uh, almost immediately. You've got the Permian Basin, which has incredible amounts of oil and gas. You actually have um, uh, in, in North Dakota and Colorado and these other places that can frack, they have uh, tremendous amounts of, of oil. And did, most people don't realize that 50 years ago, California was supplying over one fourth of the entire oil and gas for the entire world. And Amazing. because of their state policies, they have basically killed the oil and gas industry, but they still have massive amounts of reserves there. This country could be so totally energy dominant with clean energy. These are clean, uh, clean uh, energies um, uh, that they've been developed and they've made them cleaner and cleaner and more environmentally friendly. Um, and we've reduced our carbon footprint more than any other nation in the world. I'll just tell you, this is a, a control mechanism from the left. Yes. And that's what we're facing today. And Joe, we've got to fight. We've got to have people in Congress that will fight. Biggs.house.gov. It's uh, Representative Andy Biggs, District 5 Republican, great state of Arizona. Big uh, few weeks coming up, Andy. Let's talk again very soon. I appreciate you making time today. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Take care of yourself. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Great to have you. Thanks. I appreciate you stopping by. It is the Joe Pag Show. We appreciate Andy Biggs. We will post that interview as we do all interviews later on tonight on Rumble. We'll take parts out of it. We'll put it about. We'll do shorts on YouTube. We'll do reels over on Instagram. We try to be everywhere. Go to JoePags.com. Click on your favorite social media site in the right hand side, and make sure you go and sign up. We're doing all we can to try to get the information out there in every available medium. And trust me, we're doing it until about 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning to make sure you guys get what you're looking for. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Coming right back. Joe Pags.